Hello, you're listening to MND FCK Podcast, Phil and DeVal's Mindfuck Podcast, on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm uh, one half of your co-hosts, uh, Ed Marcus with the C.K. Dowling, D-O-W-L-I-N-G. Uh, related to our uh, topic, we'll be getting to it in a second, I have never been in love and been happy at the exact same time. I'm also... Uh, Wrong. It's true. Wrong. Romantic love. Never been in romantic love and happy at the Fifth exact house. same time. It's true. <laughs> I uh, also am a uh, native Washingtonian, and I'm the uh, creative director of Decades Nightclub, uh, 1219 uh, Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C. Bunch of other stuff, uh, world red journalists, whatever. And uh, my co-host, let me let her Hi, introduce Hi, my herself. name is Domina Vontana. I'm a professional dominatrix based in Washington, D.C., and uh, you can find me on that handle in most places, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and my website is DominaVontana.com. Okay, and okay, you're listening to MNDFCK Phil and Vowels, a broadcast aimed at discovering how, in the midst of chaos, to live our safest, sanest, most consensual, and sustainable lives. This is a conversation that lacks rules. We'll say and do whatever we want, but there will be decency defined by protocol every step of the way. And uh, our guest this evening, I'll let him introduce himself and give a little bit of his background. Because I, I do it every week, but... No, I'm going to let you do it. I want you to do it. Okay. Aaron Abernathy is a soul singer-songwriter, born in Shaker Heights, Ohio, currently residing in Washington, D.C. Yes, sir. Uh, a, a, a well-traveled, global, globally respected soul musician. Uh, he has released a trifecta of albums, the third of which is coming out on uh, January 28th, called uh, Dialogue, uh, called Monologue. Epilogue. And epilogue. <laughs> epilogue being Hashtag the third. Yeah. And uh, it's a, a journey of, of, of a man in the world that is uh, touched on spirituality, uh, humanity, uh, social justice, uh, reformation. And this album that we'll be talking about, along with talking about love and talking about peace and talking about you know, just how to get by, touches mainly on restoration. So this is Aaron Abernathy. Yes, sir. Thank you for the introduction, man. Of Thank course, you guys man. for having me. Yeah. This so this is the first epilogue interview, so no, we're honored. Definitely. Thank you for being here. Okay, so for people that aren't aware, uh, you've released three intensely difficult albums as far as like, you know, like digging into your soul and putting yourself into the universe. Okay. Yeah, over yeah. the last like four years. Yeah. So what have you learned? about yourself as a spiritual being in putting out these records no pressure well that's a <laughs> <laughs> it's the first i mean that's not a big ab, question ab at knows, all ab knows i don't ask <laughs> i don't ask easy questions i'm sure you yeah, came that prepared was, that was the yeah we starting there of course oh. we're starting there okay that's cool we only um, have 45 minutes we got to get into yeah. it no of course i feel that um i mean i've just learned a lot over the years just learning how to become myself right so um, I think that with the first album, Monologue, that was more of an introduction to the world of who I am and where right. I came from, you know, so that was like kind of my beginning years. Uh, you get, I touch on pretty much high school, you know, and um, being a piano player and, you know, uh, my mom recognizing my purpose right. and my dad really honing in on how to love a woman and, you know, kind of leading me down the pathway of not really listening to my peers, but he, he knew that my future would depend on what he told me 
right. while I was within his household. So, yeah. you know, that was really a, um, a album about, you know, my adolescence and, you know, the years that kind of form you, you know? Right. So, um, I learned a lot revisiting those places, you yeah. know, to create that album and, you know, even having my family involved. It perspective was, was 2020, man. That's, that's yeah, crazy. No, I, no yeah. hindsight. Hindsight, right. <laughs> but having that perspective, like, yeah. it's a crystal clear Full perspective, circle. right? Yeah. So to go back yeah. to Cleveland, Ohio, and the house I grew up in, and even the piano that's on the cover of Monologue, right. it still sits in my parents' living room. I was playing it, like, last week when I was at home. It's <laughs> um, amazing. It, um, I think to get back to that place was humbling, and it was... It was interesting, but I learned a lot about how those years still affect me right. now. You know, the good things about them and the bad things about them. I mean, you know, so right. that was monologue. Yeah, uh, family. And what purpose, year did that faith. come out? 2016. Okay. October 2016. Right. Yeah. I've only listened to the most recent album, the third, oh, that's so third good. album, but I've listened to it several times, and I have notes. Okay, this, okay. Is, this is a good thing. <laughs> oh no, this is a good thing. I had to make sure. Um, the second album, Dialogue, right. was more of a, um, a introspective album. It was internal, like, uh, you know, Monologue was internal as right. well. But um, I feel that Dialogue, I think all of the albums are love albums, and Dialogue was a love album for my people. Right. You know, and um, really understanding the, the different things we go through the different levels per se that we're at, you know, the different classes that we're in. Um, but how it's all the same thing. Yeah. It's all the same thing. Exactly. You know? So I felt that uh, it was my job, you know, me living in D.C. for now half of my life. Yeah. You know, I, I felt that it was my job to talk about, you know, stories in the neighborhood that I stay in, you know. You know, Ward right. 7, it's a... Uh, you know, it gets real over. Oh no, seven, I'm, I'm a Ward Seven native, and then, uh, <laughs> born know, and raised. So yeah. it, um, you know, to talk about you know the rotten produce in the grocery stores and like how, you know, they safe for Minnesota Avenue, right? Yeah, yeah, they just, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they don't. It's not like Safeway on Fifth and K. No, not even close. You feel what I'm saying? So it's, uh, you know, but they're like. They think we should just be okay with what they give us. Right. You know, I remember being at a meeting in Ward 7 and us talking about, like, the lack of amenities. And they're like, well, just go up the street to H, you know, to 8th Street. You know, go. Cross the bridge. There's a lot of food on 8th Street. You can get all the amenities you need. And it's like, hey, what about the people who can't get over there, though? Right. You know. That's a a long-ass walk. Yeah. (laughs) Real talk. Right. So, you know, I I think that um, that dialogue was really to me it was a moment that i had to ask myself as an artist am i going to keep singing you know the monologue love songs i need to know kiss me again i see you type i need, of, I need to know you Just know go back and listen i need to know that's no because i built i built my when i when i when i reviewed your record for pitchfork yeah i built the Thank entire you, too. I appreciate you already it. know man come on now it, it it was you dessert. two are adorable. By I, the didn't, way. I didn't. I <laughs> didn't. Like I didn't. I didn't know he real. was gonna do like, it. The love like, is no, real. No, it was it was like because. Hold on, let me tell a story. Okay, yeah. all right. So, he is our guest. I guess he uh, first writes. I didn't right know in. that he was gonna write the review. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that um, 
what happened was um, I gave the album to Marcus J. Moore. Yes. And he gave the album to them. This is a real, this is a real story. You know? So Marcus J. Moore, who's now writing a, a biography about Kendrick Lamar. Oh. He was the senior editor at Bandcamp for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And, and as well, he was working with Pitchfork at the same time. So I, as an up-and-coming writer, you know, at that point, still always up-and-coming, I was, like, trying to get, like, my Pitchfork, like, you know, byline. Because that, like, literally changes your economic status. Check the box. You're like, all right, cool. Like, I would get this Pitchfork byline. I'm, like, able to charge, like, a little bit more because I have this little bit of access with, like, cool writers. So it's funny only because, like, the first thing I reviewed, because I wrote them out of order, I wrote this review of Alan Toussaint's record. Okay. And his last album, American Story or whatever. And the, the, the Jason Green, who's now like no longer with Pitchfork, but he's like a very well-respected writer. Mm-hmm. He reads my review and he's like, you really vibe with soul music. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, yeah, it's my favorite kind of music. And so like, I, I think the thing I, I remember I said to him in an email, I said, I love soul music because it's the combination of blues, jazz, rock and roll, folk, country, and... Rhythm and blues music. And he goes, well, what do you mean by rhythm and blues? I go, well, that's, you know, like rock and roll, but it's the kind of songs that Elvis Presley and Pat Boone and the Beatles can't cover. Mm. That's what I mean by soul music. Okay. So he's like, oh. And then Marcus Moore sends Jason and myself your record. Okay. And immediately Jason's like, oh, this is a soul record. <laughs> okay. Marcus, you, you, you want to do this? And I'm like, I could do this. And of course, I didn't say anything. I'm not yeah. like saying like, oh, you're, you're like right in my wheelhouse. Like you're going to like actually give me abs record to review? Okay, right. cool. Right. So the whole review is built around I need to know. Yeah, I remember Because it's the first record I heard when I was like, bam, okay, yeah, everything else. Because yeah. it's like yeah. everything else made contextual sense. Yeah. So not to jump ahead, but we have like a, a limited scope of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I want to ask this question based off of that question. How is it to realize in retrospect mm-hmm. that your relationship is falling apart in the midst of creating these records that are helping you find yourself? Man, it, it's difficult because, um, well, there's a few things. So monologue, when, when you mention a record, like, I need to know. Yeah. I wrote that record in 2005. It didn't come out until 2016. Right. Why'd you keep that undercover for so long? Um, it just, I think that you have to find the proper home for records, you mm. know. And so I didn't have a home for it in 2005. Um, but as a songwriter, you always write songs. What's the home? Is it a, a label or no? Like? Just an album, just a project, oh, okay, uh, okay. a place where it could fit in and be cohesive with everything else around it. You know, you don't want. You have albums where there's a song and you'd be like, "Where did that come from? <laughs> like, how did that? You know, why did they put that there? You yeah. know, it doesn't fit with the story per se. Like, so I like to think of my albums as books, and I need to know just didn't fit with any of the stories I was Mm. telling at the time. But then when you go back and I'm telling the story about high school and I'm thinking of my dad and I'm thinking of like all of the things that he told me, this is where I need to know fits. Monologue, perfect home, 11 years later. 
So you, know? you have the belief that all of your songs will find a home. Yeah, definitely. I take and even if it's not my home, you know. You heard it here first. He's he's available to write songs. Folks. <laughs> like, hey, no, no, this man writes songs all the time. But um, sounds like you might have quite the library. Yeah. Hold on, know? let me answer your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, but question. definitely answer this question because yeah. it's a, you you cannot avoid this question because it's mm-hmm. a important question. So like, I won't again. Like when you realize that like you're creating this music that is revealing yourself, but at the same time you're losing something that is super important to you as a person maybe not even as a creative but as a human being um i say that epilogue is the album that's been happening dialogue too right but epilogue is the album that um i was writing epilogue before monologue came out because it was happening you know right so mm-hmm. what happens is how do, like how do you, okay no i don't I mean, to, I don't mean to jump get in that. i get that okay so maybe both of you can answer this question <laughs> then okay how do you write a record that is so precise in the emotional moment and still remain in the emotional moment that's causing you trauma? Because you think that it, it's going to turn around. You write it because it's what's happening in the moment. Okay. That's therapy. Okay. That's Amen. talking to a therapist. So it's like therapy in, in medias race, like in the middle of things. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to hang on. It's what know. keeps you present. Yeah. Cool. So what did, you, what did you think when you heard this record? Which record are we talking about? Yours, talk about epilogue. Talk about epilogue. Epilogue. Talk about epilogue. All right. What did I, no, I have to make sure we, uh, So Marcus and here. I have been having this sub dialogue in our our never ending, you know, DMs. Yeah. Um, I think there's something for everyone. Wow, you sound like Chris. And who Chris? <laughs> Chris is the guy I, we had the conversation with. Yes. All right. But I would, I would but, tell you before before mm. Chris is like my right hand man. He's okay. the guy that um when I start talking about the concept of the album, I, he's, he's the wall that I throw paint at, okay? He's your canvas. There you go. So I'm like, Chris, you know, I'm going to run these ideas by you. And he'll be like, uh, I don't know if that's going to work, but let's, let's try it. Let's, let's see. Let's see what you come up with. So it's like, I think that most artists kind of have someone that they just, you know, bounce ideas off of so he's a he's a good ear and so when you said that there's something for everyone that's yeah yeah and now can i be more specific in like a subgenre kind of way like yeah yeah you know you 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 know what kind of music you enjoy writing and performing and you know who your audience is so under that umbrella like i feel like you took the subgenres and then because of your rather epic storytelling style you know a trifecta and oh, a library and the book <laughs> that you had plenty of time to even take subgenres and break them down even further. So the versatility and the leap from one track to another is 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 phenomenal. It really keeps you interested, but it's all under that umbrella of what your sound is. So you're true to self while expanding your style. I mean, it's just great. Thank you so much yeah. for that. Wow. Yeah. So what was the song we were talking about when I was walking down the street? Well, I have two favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one with uh, Cecily. All right, yeah. Revisions. Is it revisions? revisions? Yes. Okay, so here's, here's the, the, the funny part. I want to put this out into the air. If I had to be, pick. Because it's important. Okay. You and Cecily did the Roberta Flack, Donny Hathaway. Ah. Where is the love? Okay. On that, because I could hear it. Okay, I'm with in you. The, in the tonality. I'm following you. And I was like, and it, it's important because, and you do this a lot. And it's an important thing, I think, to the conversation. And I want to talk about it because it's a thing that I do relationally when I'm trying to, like, 
figure out what I'm doing in a relationship and I'm lost. Okay. So like, I love soul music. And you yeah. know this about me. You know this All about right, me. I get that, get love that. soul music. So when I'm in the middle of a relationship and something's gone terribly wrong, I'll go back to like a catalog of songs. Okay. Certain songs will be like the thing I'll go to and I'll go, yes, the answer's there. I'll hear Donny Hathaway say something. Yeah. I'll hear the way he relates to Roberta Flack in a song, like Where's the Love? Right. 1974. Come on. And I'm like, yes, that's the answer. And if I can like tap into that emotion, I'm good. Yeah, I hear you on that. And that was, and it was cool because at that point of the record, that's like nearing, that's the cusp right before the hours yeah. section because it's, it's, it's his, it hers, her, and ours, the three, three sections. Yeah. So it's right. I, I feel, can I jump in here? Yeah, no Because I do love that piece so much. Of course. I feel like it is the one track where the two do come together. There you go. Like that's, that's why it matters. And it's not just because it's a duet. Yeah. But it's, it is. I it's, hear you. I mean, that's, yeah. It's the that's energy. That's where it happens. That's where they meet up for the last time. Right. It's the energy <laughs> in it, though. It's <laughs> the final goodbye. <laughs> it's the energy in it, though. And I've asked you this question before. I'll, ask, I'll always ask you this question because now you can answer it really well. Okay. So, like, when you create songs like that mm-hmm. and when you create in that energy, are you cognizant of, like, the history of it and yeah. what it means to you? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, I, I think that... Um, not even think. I know that every time I'm creating an album, I'm pulling records. I'm listening to certain records. We, um, I remember having Cecily in the studio. Cecily Alexa Bumberry, by the way. Yeah. 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 Just want to make sure people know who yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Like, little mini, yep. you know. Um, and she's a, a student of soul. She's a student of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Like, she knows... She knows. Yeah. And that's why I was like, oh, I got to get, you know, right. she's the only feature on the album. I was yeah. like, you know, I got to get mm-hmm. Cecily on the album. And she pulled me in to work on her album, right. you know, and write some stuff and produce some stuff with her. But actually, I didn't write anything. I just did some uh, composing right. and producing. But um, I remember being in the studio with her. I had written a song and I was like, I'm going to play you. We're going to play the her act. So we played all of hers. Right. So that she could get a feel of the character that she would be embodying, you know, right. like I need you to embody Noel. You're going to, you're going to be her. You're going to speak, you know. Right. And so once she heard what everything that came before it, like she just got in the mold. I remember we played. I had uh, Donnie's record down there, the Donnie and Roberta Flack record. I played. Um, I played Lauren Hill and D'Angelo. Nothing even matters. Because um, I could hear it. Like, it was like. <laughs> it was there. I don't know what else I played. I think I played, um, I didn't play it for her, but before she came over, I was listening to Atlantic Star. So, to me, the song so like is, So, like, Sin for Me, Atlantic Star? Yeah, like, to me, the song is an Atlantic Star record. So, it's like my my version of an Atlantic Star record. So, when she got there, and we just started diving in. The one thing I, I love about Cecily is she's a producer, number one. Right. So, when we were working on her album, I told her, you have to tell me what you want because you're producing the record and I'm following your right. lead. Right, But when it was my turn, she, she followed uh, my lead on producing her. Yeah. From, you know, the way that she sang to the vocals. And then she'd be like, can I add this or can I do this? And I'm like, yeah, feel free. But uh, that record came out really well. It's the end of hers yeah. act, you know, and it's like really both of us who have been interacting saying that we need to reprogram. Like, we, we can change what has happened prior to, right. you know, individually so that, no, of you course. know, we of course. can, you know, move on, you know. 
restoration. Exactly. So, what did you think when you heard that part of the record? That part of the that part of the. Of course, I did. I'm, I keep it moving. I keep it moving. Yo, You'll learn this. I like throwing. Professional as fuck. I throw um, passes all the time. Just, like, I'm just real. I was trying to pour some water. Yeah, guys. that. No, but that section of the album, because I when it was when I realized it was his, hers, and ours, and when I gave uh-huh. it to you, I was like. Okay, I wanted uh, to get your. These are my first two questions for no- for for Noel. These are my first two questions for Marcus. Okay. One, is that her actual voice? And two, what kind of permission did she give to be included <laughs> in this album? Like, there's a woman's voice, and she's talking to her friend, and there's things happening. There's a lot of things. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's the first I question mean, she I, asked me. I didn't know. I was like, yeah. "Is this Noel for real?" Right. Like, right. So she it's, had it's, to. It's not Noel for real. Right. That's but what she, I figured. But yeah. she consented somewhere along the line, right? Well. It's, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Mm, the good thing we gonna talk about music yeah. in a moment. No, that's okay. cool. no, 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 no. That's why I wanted. That's why I asked this, the question. But this is the music, you know. Yeah. No, the muse. Oh, the muse. Yes. Okay. So the muse. Yeah, we can talk about the <laughs> okay, muse. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I wanted to get into. The, <laughs> the interesting yeah. thing is, um, no, it's not Noel, and Noel is a. It's not a fictional character, but the name has changed. You know what I mean? That's respectful. Yeah. That's respectful. You got it. You got it. Yeah. You know. That's right. the least you can do. Yeah. But Noel knows who Noel is. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, that I never doubted. You that was saying. never in question. I will say that the actual person who is playing Noel, I did use part of her real life story, and that's why she's able to get into character. Oh, so, well. so a little. Okay. All right, I like so that. So it's a little. little it's mixing. not necessarily all. What happens to Noel in the album didn't happen to Noel that way. But it is what happened to the woman who is playing Noel. You're nope. creating, but it's an inspired story. But there you're you creating. Go. Yeah. And, yes. and so, I mean, when we talk about, I'm just going to dive into what happened. Yeah, go for All it. Right, no, yes. no, that's the yes. point. That's why we're. That's why. That's why you're here. So when we talk about. When we talk about men and women and right. dating and you know all of the things that come with that, right. especially being this age, it's difficult, right? You know, and there's a lot. Because I'm 40, and that will make you. I'm 36. Right. So there's a lot of like. Um, I'm four. We'll take it. <laughs> there's a lot of like uh, what we would call gaslighting. All right. Yes. Who? So what? So, Who's getting gaslighted? I mean, it goes both, both ways, ways. You know. All right, I'll let you have that one. You think? No, I mean fair is fair. No, no, I think fair is fair. I definitely think the roots of that, the historical roots of that, are absolutely women getting that. But I'm sure it goes. I mean, yes, because okay, hold on. Let me say this real quick. Okay, no problem, no problem, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both ways. I don't disagree with you. I'll say this, and this is what this album is about. Yeah. The way, the reason you think that it's mostly women is because men don't speak, and that's a problem. And I'll just leave it there. That was not my experience. My experience was that the men in my life wouldn't shut up. Well. No, like there's there's so many stories out there. There's I'll so say this. many different experiences. And I don't want to pull a race card. I can't speak on the white man. But black men don't speak. Not like that. I, you know you what? Know what? Let's pull that card because my card agrees with you. The card agrees with you. The card is one hundred and ten percent my man's in the back. The card is one hundred and ten percent. Our audio engineer is out. He's no, done. No, the card. The, this is again, Ab. This is why you're here. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the card right. is on the table. Yeah, no, that's okay, cool. So the card is on the table. Marcus that's knows cool. me, right? Yeah. We share. And, yes. And what I share is, um, so I date souls, right? I date people. I don't date races or colors or body parts or heights or body shapes or none of that. I'm with that. There's also a very genuine connection that happens or does not happen. Yeah. 
And historically, what I have found in my life is most often for me, that does not happen with a white man. Mm. I've dated plenty of them. I'm just saying, yeah. like, if I were to list the top three, yeah. no, they're not white guys. Gotcha. They're also not necessarily black men. I'm just saying right. like, people of color or immigrants or first generation or something somewhere, somebody. Yeah. And I'm also the white girl that came to D.C. when I was 21 years old and didn't know shit from butter and ended up at RFK studio, uh, RFK stadium, pardon me. Yeah. Maybe it should be a studio. Right. With yeah. uh, this Jewish guy I was dating who was a union organizer and it was the Stone Soul family picnic. Stone Soul picnic, right. Right. Magic one, 2.3. Right? I think okay. I've been in town less than six months. But my point was I had spent six months going out, bumping into people who looked like me and having absolutely nothing in common. Right. Because I'm you? a country girl. You Where know? are you from? I'm uh, Missouri, Montana. Okay. I'm Illinois, a... Iowa. Come on. River City, Mountain High. Oh, oh, like that's I've me. Been to Montana. Oh. Montana yeah, Montana where? Like where? Um, Missoula. Two hours north. It was. It was cool. Yeah, Missoula is uh, okay. the northern Virginia. All right, back oh, to, oh, back oh, to random, the random, random, why, random, why, random, why? Other, random other side. Shout out to Missoula. Both, both of your. Uh, um, what, what, do, what do your parents do? My mom was an English teacher. My dad was an engineer. Yeah, you have preachers in your family, though, right? Well, my uncle's a preacher. There you go. Your yeah. pre- your uncle is. Ralph David Abernathy. There you go. Yeah. And yeah, I'm a recovering preacher's child. Come on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a recovering. <laughs> <laughs> no, 1,000. Back to the race card. Right. So, yeah. I just so, want to make sure that we understand so all the connectivity here. Obviously, right. a person in my position with that, that dating history is going to be judged. There's no way to get away from it. You think so? so yo, 1,000%. I've had my head slammed in concrete because I was with a person of color. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. I got you. All right. Let's get real. Let's get real. I missed what you were saying. No, that's fine. <laughs> it's all, yeah, yeah, all right. It's all back in. Yeah. So that's behind me now. But what it did is like, oh, this is obviously um, something that's going to stick with me. Mm-hmm. And things that stick with you because they're violent become things you have to consider. Yeah. So I had to really ask myself where this came from. And here's how I explained it to Marcus. Like you say black men don't speak up. This is, oh, oh, so, so here's, or like there's not that, they the gaslighting they goes don't both emote. ways? They don't emote, okay. that's what I mean. So here was my experience at let the dinner, say, oh, well, at me, the dinner let table. Let me clear it real quick. No, yeah, most, please. Most black men don't emote. All right, so there you're not, are some out there. Right, that so he's not speaking for everybody. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I can't generalize. I don't know if these two tracks run parallel, but what I'm telling you in my experience is I never got a break from that man. Okay. From the institutionalization of it all, okay. down to the dinner table, down to the pulpit because it was my pop, down to the five hours in the car on vacation. Like, I never got a break from that man. I hear you. I and hear you. so, eventually, I think what just happened was I wanted to find fresh voices I hear in my life. I hear that. And so that's all very, I'm more single now than I fucking am anything. Right. And I've been single for, more single than anything for a while. Right. But I have enough of a history. That's the, that's the beauty, right? Yeah. Of the 40, of the 40, of the 36, yeah. Of, yeah. of actually having a look yeah. back. And for yeah. me, it was, there was no break. I couldn't go home to a family that wasn't like that. I couldn't go to a church that wasn't like that. I couldn't go to a school. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. I'll tell everybody what I'm researching. Is I was done. Yeah. I think we all have a certain amount of equity for everything. I used to go to church seven times a week. I, I've done enough of that. Yeah. That voice was everywhere I went. I've done enough of that. I hear you It's that. just, you know. I do. You've given. I do. You've I given know. enough. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were burnt out. That's it. And I. Yeah. I would like to hear more on what you were speaking on earlier. Uh, I was just saying, um, like, the way that we date, there's a lot of gaslighting, you know. So, like, when I 
talk about like this story. Yeah, it didn't necessarily happen to the character Noel, but the woman who was playing Noel's voice, it did happen to her. And what I mean by that is um, you have someone that you're talking to and you think that everything is great and you think that you're going to have a future with them and then they pull the rug from under you, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're aware that they're going to pull the rug from under you, but they gaslight you to keep you involved for as long as they want to keep you involved. You get what I'm saying? That's that, that's that, emo- I, that's that emotional succubus energy. No, I recognize it. I just wonder what that person's motivation is. And so, if you see it, because I feel like you saw it, why'd you stay? Well, I don't think that everyone sees it. And okay. then I will say that sometimes the motivation is just selfishness. Them? That's it. Yeah, them? Them, them being selfish. No, it's, he's not wrong. It's not complicated sometimes. Sometimes, you know? guys, it's real fucking simple. It's just They're like, just hey, you know, I, I don't want, I want, I want to keep you here, you know, even though I'm doing something over here. Oh. I want to keep you right here. Oh. Yeah. So. So, so Marvin Gaye was 39 when he did Hear My Dear. I love that album. Okay. So Marvin Gaye's Hear My Dear is one of my top five favorite solo albums of all time. Marvin Gaye wrote a record. I don't know if you're aware of this. Nope, Marvin I'm not. Gaye, I am going to tell you something <laughs> and it's going to blow your mind. But I'm here. Marvin Gaye wrote an album. While in the midst of divorcing his labeled boss, Barry Gordy's daughter. Yep. While also in the midst of harrowing drug addiction. Has anybody yep. made this movie yet? <laughs> no, like, but, where's no. This but, movie? but, it, but it, it happened in real life. And okay. the album is full of like long extended interludes and prologues in which he is going through the throes of like emotional angst. He's 39 years old at this point as well. So, like, comparatively, talk about the, the age and the energy we're talking about here. Like, it's right there. Which I, I had to look it up because we were talking about this, like, emotional, like, stri- like the emotional, like, like, I guess, like, being emotionally distraught in the midst of creation and what happens when the thing comes out. Like, you either get, like, Here My Dear, which is this, like, incredibly, like, manic depressive, beautiful, but manic depressive soul yes. record. Or yes. you get, like, what you did, which is like very organized and structured and put together and clear and honest. Yeah. And the parts of Marvin, Marvin's record, you're like, what are you, do- what are you doing, man? <laughs> I love that, right? <laughs> but, but there are moments yeah. where you're like, he- even, even as, okay, so there's a, there's a moment with this album where as a black man, you are confused for your fellow black man. You're like, because you, even in the gamut of emotions you can feel as a black man, you're like, and there's particular black emotions of like confusion and anger and, and self-doubt that are endemic to being a black man because as a black man, you don't have access to those, like, to certain emotions because you don't know freedom. Mm. So that doubt is, like, not just doubt, like, yeah. on one level, but it's doubt because you don't understand how to be free. So it's like a double bind. Mm-hmm. And you listen to the record and you're like, all right, Marvin, you got millions of dollars. You got like beautiful homes, tons of women. You can do whatever you want. But you still don't know how to actualize this feeling. And it's just him humming. Or the music is just like playing and it's loud and I feel obnoxious. That, I, I, I feel that Marvin, I have to say, here, my dear, I feel that Marvin expressed himself really well. I feel that it's, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I feel that the thing that was missed in 78 was like, Number one, like divorce wasn't running rampant. Right. True. You're like, hey, that didn't start is, till like 84, 85. You know, this is a guy, this is a Hollywood figure. The thing that baffled me right. is that the album before he was talking about Janice 
Yeah. So why do you not think that Hannah's going <laughs> to want a divorce you? Come on, man. You can't be on an album talking about Janice. I'm, I'm going to give you some head. That's what he said. Of course. You know? And then... To turn around and be like, why do I have to pay attorney fees? Yeah, right. Of course. You know, this is a joke. I need to smoke. Wait so, a at, right. so at some point in the midst of all of this, <laughs> no, it's real. It's, it's a, a real, real. It's, it's a, a real. Moment, you know, oh my God. amazing moment. It's dope. Oh. So, I want to ask you: At some point, did everything for you, like relationship-wise, and I'm glad this, this setup works because I was like going to set it up this way anyway. I'm glad. So, at some point, was everything just so wild? With all of this, where you just had to stop, and then you're like, okay, time to make the album. No, I was just making it. Like, things would happen. Like, I wrote, I wrote End of an Era in, like, Such a good, so that's the, uh, the first full track, the first, but the, the technically the track. second track on the album. Because yeah, it's that little opener. Yeah. But, like, right. when End of an oh, it's so singable, you guys. You're going to love it. Yeah, I wrote that song in, like, 2012. <laughs> Shit. I'm serious That's because a, because mm. what happens is in order to create to me in order to create an album you have to have experience right so epilogue is me becoming who I say I want to be right but I needed all of these years to find it out yeah so the last song that was written on epilogue was epilogue the last song right and that was written at close to the end of last year or mid last year that's be the last serious. song just be serious just yeah. be you know? serious and so like i think that but that's me talking to myself too right like if you say you want this you gotta really be serious about loving yourself right but at what at, else, but at what know? point in your so so as a writer mm-hmm. there's a point for me where cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. becomes so significant where that's where the article comes. So I've written a million articles in my life, and y'all yeah. know this. So yeah. every time I write, I write at the point of cognitive dissonance. Okay. When the point where, like... I mean, of course you do. Well, that's... The f- <laughs> anyway. Um, so, like, at the point where, like, okay, so, like, the, 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 the idea I have is resonating so loudly in my brain that yeah. I can't do anything else right. but write. So is there a point with the relationship where like you're thinking about the, like so epilogue is an idea it's kind of like floating in the back of your because these songs exist yeah and you know that this is a this is an album that could happen yeah but like at what point does the cognitive dissonance become so loud that you go my last album is going to be called epilogue and it's going to be about my you know like this thing I didn't know what it was going to be about I knew that when we did prologue in 2012 right 2011 2012 we did the two prologue EPs right. Which came as a result of me getting dropped from my label. Right. I knew that um, we were going to do prologue. And this is shout out to my man, Bill Sharp. When I told Bill's him. Bill's a good dude. Yeah, I love, love Bill. Bill. He was like, when, when I told him that I was going to do a solo album called Monologue, he was like, well, let's just start with prologue. So we did prologue. He knew monologue was coming. And then I was like, well, we should just end it with epilogue. So after monologue was done. I was like going towards epilogue and then Donald Trump got elected. And yeah. And that's where dialogue came from. Right. And so it was like after Which dialogue. Which is our closing song. Yeah. Okay. No. Thank so Generation so Generation closes every single yeah. podcast. Oh, man. Did you not that's know love. that? I didn't know yeah. that. I yeah. Know no. that. I, told, I asked I you if you did. You yeah, did. I did. I asked you, know, you for the for the real. Hey, no. I'm sorry. It's been a lot. You've been bro. busy. Yeah. Bro, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> no. So. So I'll say that. Yeah. 
I knew that epilogue would be the ending. I just didn't know what my ending was. Okay. And I think that like living life allowed me to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, I started writing like like a song like Time Bomb. I wrote that in 2009. Okay, because I was going to ask about Time Bomb because Time Bomb to me feels like an older, it felt like an older song. Yeah, yeah. From your Which catalog. album is yeah. that on? No, Time Bomb's on this record. It's on oh, this record. This one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. But it's an older right. song. Right. You know? But it fits, it fits found a home for right 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 you, know? you did so final question it's going to be an extended final question we have like 10 minutes so okay. it's an extended final question um the songs you have now mm-hmm. i mean you've theoretically finished this body of work that's taken seven years yeah eight years nine years ten years ten years worth of songs probably a decade worth of music for you yeah what does the music sound like now that you like? Because I feel like there's like an emptying that's occurred, like a cleansing that's occurred of your creative spirit. And now you're oh, doing man. a different thing. Um, okay, so what, are we talking about epilogue or are we talking about after epilogue? After no, epilogue. We're, no, we're just talking about you. Yeah, where, you. What's next? Yeah, we love what's to it, ask that question. What's yeah, where next? Where are you at? Because you've written this song and I feel like it's a spiritual, like the thing that makes this record great. And I have to review it for somebody. So I'll, I'll let oh, you know about that later. I have to review it. So... Um, it feels like a spiritual cleansing hmm. in a lot of ways. So, like, where is your spirit at now creatively with the songs that are coming out of you now that you have, like, released these songs into the world? I'm finally okay with being me. But what, does that, what does that even mean, man? I mean, it means Because you can say that to some other random no, interviewer, but I, I'm not going to... You know that. It feels like... So, epilogue is this journey, and even though... Um, even though I'm trying to think the oldest song is Time Bomb from 2009 when I lived in LA a lot of these songs are new I think the oldest songs are Time Bomb and I Want You Again right you know but everything else kind of has this um this energy like the His chapter has this energy of like just what I was going through and I believe what men go through and they don't say anything about you know which is what dealing with heartbreak which is what which is self-doubt Fear that you won't ever love again. Fear that you you start self-sabotaging your own thoughts. Like, okay, well, I should just go out here and just just date with reckless <laughs> abandonment. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a lot of things that go through your head. Because, like, heartbreak was 2010 is, for me. Yeah, heartbreak Lord. is jarring because, and I did this on purpose. Mm-hmm. You notice in the His chapter, it's just me and my consciousness. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of talking, man. It's a lot of talking. You just hear me battling my thoughts in the hers chapter she got a girlfriend to talk to mm-hmm. because women are relational oh okay nice and nice. then in See our chapter that. she's still talking to her girlfriend and i talked to my friend once one time he asked me so what happened with you and noel and i say i immediately go into self-doubt like i almost blew it immediately like then you listen to her when her when her friend fronts her out before Wounded Hearts Club comes on, and she's Love like, he asked he asked me, you know, about my wounds and how I healed them, and I was like, uh, what wounds? And she's in denial, but her friend brings her out. Like with with me specifically, I have to overcome the thoughts in my head to get to where. I need to be. So when I say to you, like I'm okay with being me now, right? There is an overcoming of the thoughts in my head. I know they're coming. Right. I know they're coming to tear me down. That's 
that's bitter things in life. Like that's me overcoming mm. it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, I never seen the righteous beg a plea. So why would it begin with me if I'm destined to succeed? When the problems come, will I fight or run? Will I overcome or fail? Exactly. Well, in failure, the lessons that we learn are cheap. We purchase every penalty trying to cheat our je- our destiny. You know. Yeah. And that's like, mm. that's where I am now. Like, right. Am I going to? Am I going to play it safe? Am I going, you know, cheat? Right. Do the cheat code, or am I going to really dig into how I'm feeling? Right. Where I'm going, where I want to be, and so I think like that's where. The music is yeah. is headed. So tell me about the first song you wrote for the in the la- and, and, and in 2019. Because I'm sure I know you. I yeah, you had like all I know you. Days. I know you've <laughs> written one. No, not really. Well, well I'm was finishing it? up the next album right now. So I'm kind of like in a space. Oh, you! I lied. I did write one. I I know you <laughs> did. So tell me about I, it, man. I, I um because <laughs> I know so, you. So I wrote um. See? Yeah, because here's the thing. The title, <laughs> here's the, title the thing. Track for the next, the next album. Every ending is a new beginning. Right. Right. I mean, that's been on your Instagram all week, and that's the kind of question we like yeah. to ask right. around so, here. Is, so, yeah, what's so, next? What's so your what's new the, beginning? Yeah. So what's the song like, man? Yeah. Tell me. All right. So I'm gonna just put it out here. I'm about to put it out here. Oh. Okay. I'm working on a new series called Gentle. Oh. All right. Okay. Oh. And so. Oh. All right. Um, the new series of albums is the Gentle series. Okay. And um, it's going to be good. Okay. It's going to so, be great. So, so, uh, so tell me about, so tell me is wow, what you, so, exclusive. so tell me what you could tell me about the song. The concept. It's like, uh, maybe, I think it's maybe, a concept. Maybe the, it's, maybe um, the, maybe like the feeling of it. Like how did it feel? It feels. Coming out of your head to the page. It feels good. Um, um, I think it's, uh, it's a real. I, I'm into writing real love songs. And explain that because we've talked about it before. What so I what I mean is like a real. So I'll tell you like this. This is a real love song about me losing my job and like it being hard on me and my woman because I've lost my job and like you know she's not treating me the kindest, but I understand. But with all of that being said, I need her. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, Ah, I'm not gonna do that. I was gonna give you some lyrics, but I'm gonna. No, don't. No, you don't. No, I don't yes, want you. Do. To. No, 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 yes. no, 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 no. Hold. He's got a whole record. Yeah. He's about to put but, out uh, with but, but eighteen I, songs but with I'll, the words. He's but fine. Say. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but yeah, But I. Will. We have a whole off air to do that. It's fine. I'll, Nobody needs to hear I'll this on air. I'll say that. Um, I'll say that. Life and love can be beautiful if you're realistic about it. You know, and so like I just came back from Cleveland and I watched my parents celebrate their 40th wedding anniversary. We had a party. Everything was it was dope. You know, they had me curate like their love story. So it was like pictures and uh, like a whole slideshow. And it was cool to do because it showed me that like the 40 years that they've done this together hasn't been easy. You know, It, it but it's been real. You know, right. there's been times where, like, my mom always says, she's like, your dad's not a perfect man, but he's a good man. I'm not a perfect woman, but I'm a good woman. And we make this work. From a realistic standpoint, right. they're not faking, you know what no. I'm saying? But they protect each other, you know? Right. So when, you know, it's hitting the fan, they go behind closed doors and fix the fan, you know? But it's not for everyone to see. That's real, you That's know? That's very real. That's not the, oh, everything is good with us, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like... 
everything's not good with us, but we're working on it. That's right. real, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, I like to write real love songs. Like, I think, like, um, I think, like, Song and Dance is a real love song. You yes. know, it's a, <laughs> it's a, like, hey, I'm just going to put it all out there, and if you don't want me, just let me down lightly. Right. You know, give me, give me something. Stay in the moment with me. You know? Cool. So, where can people find you on social media? Because we got to close this out. Man. Oh man, that was quick. that was I fast, it was like right? A two hours <laughs> situation. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Aaron underscore Abernathy. That is A A R O N underscore A B as in boy, E R N as in Nancy, A T as in Tom, H Y. Um, follow follow his social media in the next couple of weeks because i know yeah. what's coming it's a lot we'll talk about it we'll talk about it literally off air because yeah, it'll blow your mind and it's it's on point so yeah all uh, right guys i want to let you know i'll give you a heads up i'm gonna be in orlando this week I know um more. and i'm gonna be in texas at the end of the month yeah and then i'm headed out to the west coast in march so if anybody's interested in contacting me about a session you can send an email to dominavontana at gmail.com that's d-o-m-i-n-a V like victory, O-N-T-A-N-A at Gmail. Yeah, you're, that's the same thing for all the social Yeah, media. I mean, my handle's pretty square, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's so, me. You can find me at, at Marks with the C-K, Dowling, D-O-W-L-I-N-G. Also, uh, Mindfuck Podcast, uh, M-N-D-F-C-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're also available for uh, download and streaming. Uh, iTunes, Anchor, SoundCloud. We're also on Stitcher. We're available at Google Play and uh, a number of other places as well. So I just generally take a look for us. And uh, Ab, thank you for being here, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. uh, Epilogue, January 28th. Physical copies, February 1st. AaronAbernathy.com. I'll be in Rome, actually, on January 26th. Amazing. So if you guys want to come, come along. Cool. So uh, feed us in. You got room on your private jet? No private jet. I like to stay stay with the people. Feed us into generation before we go. Yeah. Oh man, Generation, one of my favorites from uh, the Dialogue album. We all got to come together, not only in social like injustice, but like with love too. Like that's what Epilogue is about. Like we have to, we got to love each other better, love ourselves better. So, cool. Have a good day. Have a good day and a better Ciao, tomorrow, fellas.